0: My name is Serena Poon, and welcome to my show, Serena Lives. As a celebrity chef, nutritionist, and entrepreneur, I'm incredibly passionate about helping others live their best life through methods I call culinary alchemy, which is the magic of combining education, integrative and functional nutrition, with healing intuitive energy. So, with each episode, I'm going to introduce to you the amazing stories of some incredible people, entrepreneurs from all different backgrounds, each who have overcome personal challenges in their journey to get to where they are today. And today, I am so thrilled to introduce someone who is not only a genius, but he is going to change your life. A world-renowned sleep specialist, he is also a clinical psychologist and both a fellow and a diplomat at the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. He's also the author of three best-selling books and often graces our screens on CNN, CBS, The Doctors, and The Doctor Oz Show, which I think he's been on 40 times. Personally... He's given me sleep hacking tips that have actually really shifted my sleep and energy cycles. He is the person, actually, no, he is the person to go to to understand how to sleep for peak performance. Please welcome the brilliant Dr. Michael Bruce.
1: That is quite an intro. Holy cow. Thank you so much. You're
0: so welcome. (laughs) You're quite the... Like I can't just call you a doctor or a doctor or a sleep expert. You're just
1: I do a lot of stuff.
0: All around. <laughs> incredible human being. Well thanks. You've changed so many lives and you've you've just made it so simple.
1: It wasn't always so simple. I know the show is a lot about challenges and sort yes. of overcoming challenges. So is it okay if I start with my one of my yes. biggest challenges that happened in my career? Love that. So, um, so I have a PhD in clinical psychology. So I'm a little bit different than most of the sleep specialists that people might meet. Most of them are MDs. So how on earth did this PhD become a sleep specialist? Well, the truth of the matter is I was in graduate school getting a PhD in clinical psych, but I really wanted to get into sports psychology. That yes. was my thing, right? I wanted to work with you know, professional players and make them throw harder and bat better and run faster and all this really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was studying for that in graduate school. And then in clinical psychology, you have to do a residency. Right. So you go someplace and you go through all these different rotations. Well, the best sports psychology residency in the country, believe it or not, was at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson, Mississippi. I wouldn't have guessed that, but it had <laughs> it just had this program that was really cool because it had eating disorders and athletes. And that was really what huh. I was fascinated in. Wanted to get into. But to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. I couldn't get in. Okay. Right? So they only took the Harvards and the Yales and the Princeton. I went to the University of Georgia, top 20 program but it wasn't Harvard or cool. Yale, right? And so what I noticed was in their program, they had a sleep rotation. Well, I had worked my way through graduate school in the Department of Electrophysiology. So any machine that can read a signal that comes from the body, mm-hmm. I know how to take that machine apart and put it back together. I'm wow. kind of a geek. Like I'm that kid who, you know, his mom would find having taken apart the telephone, put it back together and have four extra parts, but it still works. Uh. Like, that was me, <laughs> right? So we, we kind of got through with that. And so I said, you know what? I'll sell myself as a sleep guy, because I know how to use all the equipment. And then as soon as I get there, I'll transfer over. Mm. Because for me, when I face a challenge, just because somebody says, no, you can't come into my program, that doesn't mean I'm not going to be in their program. Right? It just means that they've said no initially, but I'm going to figure out a way to get around, or I'm going to figure out what's going to happen here. So I sell myself as the sleep guy. Okay. I go to Mississippi, get the apartment, start my first rotation because it has to be in sleep. And then thinking, hey, I'll just transfer in. By the third day, I absolutely fell in love with clinical sleep medicine. I knew this was where I was going to spend my entire career. Wow. And I'll tell you why. I help people like this. It's unbelievable. I mean, there are some people I literally help in under twenty-four hours. Some people it takes longer. I mean, I'm not a magician. I don't have a magic wand or anything mm-hmm. like that. But sleep is such a critical aspect to so many aspects of our lives. I
0: mean, it's the most important thing. So, well, one of them, nutrition, also yeah. very important. So but-
1: here's an interesting statistic, and I'll, I'll bring this up with my friend, my chef friend here. <laughs> is you can go for four days without water. Yes. You can go for almost twenty-five days without food. You can only go for nine days without sleep right? So when you start to stack it up and see Mm -hmm. like, gosh, what's important? Water is up there, you know, air, probably number one, (laughs) water, probably number two. But I got to be honest with you, sleep is coming in pretty close to the top. And so many people, they don't think about their sleep.
0: No, right. And they don't realize that.
1: They have no idea. They have no earthly idea. And that's, what's always been interesting to me. And that's why I think I've been able to write books and go on television and do all this kind of stuff is because I don't think people think about their sleep very often until very recently mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden sleep is like the little black dress you know yeah. all of a sudden like everybody wants to get better sleep they want to can i make my sleep better can i do i have a sleep disorder you know maybe i need a new mattress or a new pillow right. or, or do certain foods affect my ability to fall asleep or if i'm not getting good sleep will that make me gain weight like all of these questions have now been answered by science
0: yes well i mean i think that everything about with biohacking you have the oh job. yeah Hacking into it, you know, now people are really studying the brain and how it responds to everything from your environment to sleep to food. And so, oh, yeah. and that's really brought a lot of light to this. So, you know, you, you have, um, it's, I love how the first time we met, which is a little story I have to share where we're at a mutual friends book launch yep. and uh, I was with some people and they were talking about how they couldn't sleep. And I remember this girl said, Oh, you know, I just, I made this thing with bananas. It's this tea. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> right. And I Googled it and found it. And then out of nowhere, this voice comes in and said, What did you say? That's my that's my tea. And it was you. Right. And it was you. And how did you figure out that? So banana it was kind of, yeah,
1: so it was kind of interesting. So first of all, for all of our audience members who are watching, we were at, I, I was with a friend literally showing up at a party and we were, I was literally walking by when at the corner of my ear, I heard you say, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I tried this banana tea and I was like, what? Because I mean, I, that's kind of my recipe. And uh, it turned out that we met there and then yep. we met subsequently in a couple of more places. So now we've become great friends. So let's talk about banana tea and what yes. is it and why does it work? It turns out that magnesium is very powerful mineral for sleep. Yes. A lot of people don't know that. Also, people don't know you got to eat magnesium. Yes. Your body doesn't just produce it. And it's in over 300 different bodily functions. Yep. So you better make sure that you're getting your magnesium. Here's what's interesting. Bananas are like nature's sleeping pill. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't know this, but bananas themselves are loaded with magnesium. But it turns out that the peel has three times the amount of magnesium as the fruit itself. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not asking people to eat the peel, right? (laughs) People are always like, Michael, what are you about to say? So what I do is say, get an organic banana, wash it off, cut off the tip and the stem, cut it in half and leave the fruit in and the peel on it. Mm -hmm. Drop it into about three to four cups of boiling water. Boil it till it turns brown, usually three to four minutes. Then drink the water. Now, I will tell you, some people like to eat the fruit still. It's super mushy and brown. Some people like it. I'm not a big fan. Some people use it in banana bread, which I do like. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I'm a sucker for banana bread, for sure. But they drink the water. And I've even got one mom. And what she did was, and it's safe for children. It's safe for seniors. It doesn't interact with any medication. I've got one mom, and she found Popsicle molds. And she poured it into Popsicle molds. And she gives it to her kids as a treat during the Ah. summer. And her kids, who aren't great sleepers, eat the banana Popsicles. out like a light.
0: And how did you, and you, was it just something that you thought about? You just thought, okay, I know that bananas have a lot of magnesium and you just experimented and tried it. So or?
1: yeah, pretty much. I mean, we started looking around for, my goal is always to find simple everyday things that people can use yes. to sleep better. I, you know, yes, there are amazing products out there and you can spend hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of dollars on all these sleep related products. But at the end of it all, If you don't have a lot of money to spend, you still deserve a good night's sleep. Yes. And there are so many ways to do that. And nutrition is such a perfect way to do that that's one of the reasons why I was so excited to come on the show. Also, to be fair, my second book was called The Sleep Doctor's Diet, Mm -hmm. Lose Weight Through Better Sleep. So I've already studied how does sleep affect the metabolic system, what happens, and all of that kind of information. So it was kind of a natural coming together when you and I connected and you were like, come on my show. And I was like, of course, I have to.
0: It's beautiful. So much synchronicity. It works. Genius. (laughs) Genius. I don't know about that. So so talk to me a little bit about peak performance, sleep for peak performance. I mean, that's, it doesn't just have an amazing ring to it, but I I think people need to understand what exactly that means and how they can do it on their own.
1: Absolutely. So first of all, I believe that there are two types of sleep. Okay. Mm -hmm. There is a sleep disorder, apnea, narcolepsy, Mm -hmm. uh, restless leg syndrome. And then there's what I call disordered sleep. Disordered sleep is a little bit different, and a lot of people suffer from disordered sleep. You know, not everybody's got apnea or restless legs or what have you, but a lot of people tell me after six, seven, even eight hours, I wake up, and Michael, I feel like crap. Right? What's that? That's disordered sleep. That's the thing that I'm trying to get everybody out there to really think through that as an idea and see if we can help them do that. I created a five step plan. Right. So I'm going to, if it's okay, I'd like to give everybody the five step plan with a little bit of explanation behind each step. So step number one has to do with keeping a consistent wake-up time. Notice I didn't say go to bedtime, but mm-hmm. wake-up time. It turns out, and by the way, that kind of includes the weekends. I know that sucks. Yes. I know people are not thrilled about that. But if you wake up at 6.30 during the week, I want you waking up at 6.30 on the weekends because your circadian rhythm, if it's very consistent, your brain knows what to do. Exactly. And that's key because if, if you think about it, if you stay up late on Friday, sleep in on Saturday, stay up late on Saturday, sleep in on Sunday, what do you think your brain wants to do on Sunday night? It's going to want to sleep in. Exactly. Stay up late and sleep in. And that's why Mondays suck, mm-hmm. right? Is because we've shifted our circadian rhythms in what we call social jet lag. Mm-hmm. So even in a very small period of time, but keep if you keep that consistent wake-up time, you avoid all of that. You wake up feeling refreshed, lots of energy, and your brain knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. So step number one is stick to one wake-up time.
0: Seven days a week. Seven days a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I
1: don't care what the wake-up time is. Mm-hmm. It could be 11 o'clock. I, it doesn't matter to me. Just be consistent. Mm-hmm. Step number two has to do with caffeine. I ask people, I want you to stop drinking caffeine by about 2 p.m. Why? It turns out that caffeine is a half-life of between six and eight hours. Mm-hmm. So if you stop caffeine at two, eight hours later, at least half of it is out of your system, which is around 10 o'clock. Right. And that's about average bedtime here in the United States, somewhere between 10 and 10.30, 11. That's kind of when most people have a tendency to go to bed. Mm-hmm. So now I guarantee you there's somebody out there and they're, and they're watching this right now. And here's what they're thinking. Huh, Sleep doctor. He doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) They're thinking, I can have a cup of coffee at dinner and go right to sleep. No problem. So while that might be true, Mm -hmm. here's what we've learned recently. There are actually caffeine sensitivities. So you might have a caffeine sensitivity that I don't have. I actually have some patients where if they eat like two chocolate kisses, Mm -hmm. they can't go to bed. Because mm. there's so much caffeine for them, for them in there, right? I mean, honestly, I could eat a bag of chocolate kisses and it wouldn't have any effect on my <laughs> ability to sleep. But again, people have different sensitivities. Right. Here's the other thing that's quite fascinating is if you drink caffeine close to bedtime and still go to sleep, what's the quality right. of the sleep that you're getting? Remember, sleep isn't just a quantity game. It's a quality game mm-hmm. as well. And caffeine is the biggest insult to that quality nine times out of 10, right? It's mm-hmm. a stimulant. I don't care what anybody says. It keeps you out of deep sleep and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So stop caffeine by 2 p.m. is step number 2. Mm-hmm. Step number 3 has to do with alcohol. Okay? Look, I don't have I don't have a problem with alcohol, but there's a really big difference between going to sleep and passing out.
0: Yes. <laughs> right?
1: We want to avoid the passing out. and We want to encourage the going to sleep. Mm-hmm. So that being said, it takes the average human body one hour to digest one alcoholic beverage. Mm-hmm. Also remember, alcohol is a diuretic. It makes you have to go to the bathroom quite a bit. Yeah. Half of the reason that you get a hangover is from lack of deep sleep due to the alcohol. The other half is due to dehydration. So for every alcoholic beverage that you have, first of all, have one glass of water. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second of all, give yourself one hour. What do I mean by that? If you have two glasses of wine with dinner, right, and you stop at 8 o'clock, right. at 10 o'clock, you're good to go for lights out. right? Because if two glasses of wine stop at 8, add two hours, then I'm at 10 o'clock. Hmm. If I wanted to make a general rule, I'd say, generally speaking, stop alcohol three hours before lights out. That gives you an opportunity to have two, two and a half glasses of wine, be fine, still be able to make your bedtime. Mm-hmm. Okay. So step number three, stop alcohol three hours before bed. Step number four is exercise. I know you're a fan, yeah. right, as am I. So here's the thing. The single best way to improve the quality of your sleep is daily exercise. You don't have to run a marathon. Does okay.
0: it matter when you do it, though? Morning, it, you know.
1: can, it can matter when you do it. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But when should you do it in terms of in comparison to your bedtime is, is a critical factor. Hmm. So some people, when they exercise too close to bed, they get their body too revved up yeah. or they get too much heat. And it's very difficult to fall asleep when your body is hot. Right. So if you stop exercise four hours before bed, you should be in good shape. Please exercise every day. Please check with your doctor and make sure that you're safe to exercise in case you have any injuries or things like that. Mm-hmm. Step number five is a, a two-parter. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to grab a bottle of water. Yes. Not coffee, water. You're dehydrated. Just the humidity in your breath, mm-hmm. you lose almost a full liter of water every single night. Yes. Right? And, and that's why people wake up with dry mouth, love, pasty, and you know, all that kind of thing. Grab that bottle of water, chug it right? Then as you're doing that, walk over to the window and get some sunlight. Sunlight turns out to turn off the melatonin faucet in your brain. So getting 15 minutes of sunlight every morning within 30 minutes of waking up is a great idea. Mm -hmm. So just grab your bottle of water, walk over the window, hopefully put on a robe, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you're still in your PJs, probably a good idea. Otherwise your neighbor is going to see something that you may not want them to see. But generally speaking, drink your water, get your sun. So in summary, wake up, one schedule: mm-hmm. stop caffeine by two p.m., stop alcohol three hours before bed, stop exercise four hours before bed, and give the sun a high five every morning.
0: Love that, and that's so simple and something that everyone can just take quick notes of. That's what we're doing. I mean, changing lives. Exactly. As we speak, and the episode's not even over yet. <laughs> Perfect. So let's. I want to ask a couple questions that I think people might actually wonder about sure. as we're listening to the few steps. So let's say you go to bed later than ten thirty. I'm do. someone that does. I, I don't, do. I don't go what to bed. Um, it varies, but definitely around midnight or later. That's me. Um, you night owl. Yeah. But I, I mean, I can get up as well. So yep. it just depends. You
1: just might not need a lot of sleep.
0: Right. So, uh, so does that mean I stop caffeine by four?
1: Uh, I see your question. Mm-hmm. So remember, there's always a little bit of individual differences that mm-hmm. are going on here. So generally speaking, what I talk with people about is do what's right for you your body is going to tell you what's going on. And the thing that always, I've always wondered about is when people cheat themselves off of sleep. Right. Oh, I just want to watch that last episode of Game of Thrones or right. whatever. I just want to play three more levels of Candy Crush or right. something stupid like that. Sleep is healing. Mm-hmm. Like that's the bottom line here, yeah. right? Why would we ever want to do something that wouldn't allow our body... To heal, right? Like that—that's the part I just—it it just boggles my mind. And so, in anything that we're doing, we figure out what works for us. So, in your case, yeah. you don't go to bed before midnight. Well, you're a night owl. Mm-hmm. Guess what? So am I.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And my—I just wrote a book called *The Power of When*, mm-hmm. and it's all about discovering: Are you an early bird versus a night owl versus somebody in the middle, or even having insomnia when you should do different things turns out to be incredibly important.
0: Love it. Oh yeah, it's cool stuff.
1: All real science.
0: Oh, I can't wait for that. And when does that come out? So it's out. Oh, it's out. People can get it now. We are going to give everyone all the info before we wrap up. the
1: Amazon near you. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so, I mean, just all such incredibly helpful tips. I really, I love it and I appreciate you so much for that. And I know that my audience does too. So let's talk a little bit about quality of sleep. So that's something that people don't really understand. You know, they can say, like you said, I got six hours, I got eight hours, I got four, but it's about the quality of sleep. So let's break that down. How
1: does somebody figure out what their quality of sleep is? Mm -hmm. It's kind of your, the question I feel like you're asking me. So here's the thing. It's a perception. Mm -hmm. This is a concept that people have got to kind of wrap their head around. When you wake up in the morning, within the first five minutes, if you think you didn't sleep very well, Mm -hmm. you probably didn't. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you wake up and you're like, oh, my head's all foggy. You are not ready to get up. People should wake up naturally without an alarm clock and be pretty fairly energetic within two or three minutes of waking up. Like their body should naturally wake up, have some level of energy, get up, drink your water, get your sunlight. You should be on your way. If you're not, Mm -hmm. it could be a quality issue. So we go back to what are the things that could affect my sleep quality? Caffeine, nicotine, alcohol. We mm-hmm. talked about those before. We didn't mm-hmm. talk much about nicotine. I'm not sure how many people actually still smoke out there, mm-hmm. but if you do remember nicotine's a stimulant, right? And so stimulants do not go well with sleep. I used to work in a pulmonary office, um, back in the day. Oh, right. And let me tell you something I had patients who would wake up to smoke, wow. right? Like it's that situation. So if you're trying to get off cigarettes, which I highly recommend, remember smoking can actually affect your sleep as well. Other than that, we want to look at the timing of sleep. So as you're a perfect example, if I told you to go to bed at 11 o'clock at night, it probably wouldn't go so well. You'd probably be reading, watching TV, not be able to fall asleep. Most people need to figure out what their timing is for going to bed. And by the way, your sleep need is individual. Mm-hmm. So you said you go to bed at, let's say 12 and you get up at six or so. You get about roughly 6,
0: 630. Yeah. So
1: you get about six, six and a half hours of sleep. I'm the same Sometimes way.
0: Sometimes less. I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah. Less. yeah.
1: And, and look, let me tell you, I go to bed between 12 and 1215. 12, I get up somewhere between six and 615 every day. Mm-hmm. I'm the sleep doctor for God's sakes. And I get six hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. But look at me. I mean, do I look like I don't have any energy? No, of course not. I've got tons of energy. Right. So finding your Sleep need turns out to be incredibly important. And most people kind of have an idea of what it is. You really just have to fiddle around with the timing.
0: Hmm. And then is there, and that's basically, I mean, there's all these devices out there. There's that a lot. I want to tell you, and I think it's very overwhelming, and confusing for people. It is but It's, you're it's saying, confusing
1: for me, and I'm a sleep doctor.
0: <laughs> so you're saying go by how you feel.
1: 100%. When you wake up in the morning, if you don't feel like you've you're well-rested, again, you're probably not. Look back at the night before. What could you have done differently? Mm -hmm. Maybe you went to bed too early. Maybe you went to bed too late. Um, Maybe you had the coffee too late. Maybe you had a super spicy meal and it gave you indigestion Mm -hmm. and that affected you. There's a whole host of different reasons. But to be super honest, most people can figure them out pretty quickly. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's not rocket science to figure out what did you do last night that probably wasn't such a great idea for sleep. Run the experiment. Mm -hmm. For three nights... Don't do that thing and see if you sleep better. Mm -hmm. You'll answer your own question very quickly.
0: See, I love that. And you are basically uh, the world, I would say, the world's leading expert on this. And you are giving us tools and reminding people that you don't need some expensive ring or some machine no. that you put on. This is something that just happened to your own knowledge and your own right. intuition, listen to your body and you yeah. can figure it out. So, yeah. I
1: mean, sleep's a natural process, mm-hmm. right? And so if we listen to our bodies, will we'll, our bodies will let us know what's going on. I mean, I, I always joke with people, like, I wonder what would happen if everybody in the world had one good night of sleep. Can you imagine how many problems would get solved World the next pace. day? Right. Like, like I kind of think that might happen. Right? Like if everybody woke up, felt really good, like what the fuck would happen? Like right. it would be pretty amazing all right. of a sudden, like all of a sudden people would be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't get into a war. Maybe, you know, maybe we should all just kind of figure this thing out. So that's kind of what I'm going for, yeah. right? Is people can, in fact figure out how to sleep well. It isn't like some rocket science. You don't have to have some expensive tracker and some crazy supplement. Don't get me wrong. Those are tools and they can help Mm -hmm. if you want to spend the time, figure out how to use them, things like that. But at the end of the day, this is probably the most natural process other than breathing that you can do.
0: And you are doing the most incredible job <laughs> showing the world. I'm
1: trying. Let me tell you, some days it's easier than others.
0: Well, I, and you have these resources. So let's share with uh, the audience sure. where we can find all things, all, things, you, sleep. all things sleep, all things you do, sure. or we can find your books Absolutely. where you are on social.
1: Absolutely. So it's super simple. Uh-huh. Uh, if you're looking for me, just go to the, sleepdoctor.com and I own that on all the social properties as well. So as an example, you can do find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, all under the sleep doctor.
0: And all your books, everything. Oh,
1: all my books are there as well. If you go to Amazon, throw in the sleep doctor, it all pops up right away.
0: So you guys, this was the best episode and I think we're going to have to have you on I another time because there's still so many questions and I know they're coming in right now and on all my socials, but this is Dr. Michael Bruce, the sleep doctor, the only sleep doctor that you want to listen to. And you can binge watch all the, upper, all the other episodes at www.serinaloves.tv and on the EverTalk app on Apple TV and Roku. And we will see you guys here next time.